Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 40 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with my dear friend, Sesa Miadovich, and we're talking all about why intention makes all the difference between short-term fixes and deeply nourishing self-care. She shares her best tips on how to be deliberate and consistent and how that can make even the tiniest of habits and a big shift in your life. She'll also be sharing her three-step process to overcome fear around literally anything and how to live a life with purpose to set an example for those around you. But before we get into today's conversation, I want to remind you that show notes, fun links, free downloads, the Body Nerds group, all things live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. So head on over there, get all the show notes, get all the links, But make sure you listen to today's episode first, because it is amazing. Sessa is a life coach, mathematician, and amateur chef. And a cancer diagnosis tried to derail her, but she used it as a catalyst for change and now coaches other women how to do the same. We met through a mastermind in the last year and instantly hit it off. And one of the things I love most about her is that she is so intentional and deliberate with how she spends her time and how she uses her energy, which is definitely something I think all of us can use and learn from, especially if you feel like you're wasting time on things that don't light you up. And honestly, anytime I'm sitting there mindlessly scrolling through Instagram or social media, that's a good time to say, hey, self, I think we are wasting time. So I'll let her share her wisdom and story with us. And I know you're going to love it. So here's today's guest, Sessa Miadovich. All right. Today we have Miss Sessa of Truth and Dare Cancer with us. Sessa, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know you. We've been friends for, um, I guess, has it, it's been a year-ish. We went deep real fast. <laughs> um, but for my audience who doesn't know you, I always like to start with a question. What do you like to get nerdy about? Well, um, that's actually a very interesting question, and I love it, being a geek myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated by numbers. You know, and not necessarily by crunching numbers, but more about patterns and numbers, meaning and their origin. And of course, I also love coaching, which I do full time. And I'm no, I know listeners and even you are going to be like, what the hell do numbers and coaching have <laughs> in common? <laughs> but I would say, you know, just to give an example, like number one, okay? If we just take the number one in Greek, it's called monad, and it comes from like a Greek word monas, which means singularity, and also the word monos, which means alone. So mm-hmm. they combine these two words into one. So essentially, there is a difference between word one and monad. One is part of any group, and monad is considered to be all-encompassing unit itself, But I think it's really a great metaphor for who we are as human beings. And interestingly enough, the monad is depicted as a point in the center of a circle. So it's kind of like the one in the midst of all, but it's really representing unity. And that's who Mm -hmm. we are as a person. And that's who we are as a whole, as a a, uh, society and um, as a universe, really. Mm-hmm. And almost like coming back to center, yeah, would you say? Absolutely. It has so many different metaphors and meaning and different different meanings, excuse me. And it's really fascinating how that just that symbol can speak volumes about many different aspects of life experience. Like you said, coming to the center or coming to focus. It can also be like an eye, right? Circle with a dot in the center. It's also depicting sun in Egyptian mythology and so on. 
Yeah. Dang, you're even nerdier than I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just love it. And I of know. course, it's all about, and then like you were saying, it's like you are in the center and that's where coaching comes in. Mm-hmm. How do you coach people to come back to their inner selves and to live the best life and to know innately what's good for them and to really uncover what is the next best step for mm-hmm. their life, their healing, and their highest potential. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you've had quite the journey too to get to this point because you haven't always been a coach, right? That is right. That is correct. Mm-hmm. So I've been in corporate America. I was an executive and worked in corporate America for over two decades And my educational background is actually in applied math. So I did follow my dream and I (laughs) studied mathematics. And then about two decades in, so eight, nine years ago, I became super intentional about uh, healing my life, understanding my spirituality in the context of, you know, practical, in 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 the context of my life and in the practical terms. And while on that journey, it led me to uh, life coach training with Martha Beck. And within weeks, if not days, I had my first client because it was really obvious that I needed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. And fast forward four years later, two days before I resigned, I had a dream and to go and see a doctor. And four weeks later, I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, and only then, you know, that day, Later on that evening, I, you know, obviously I, I freaked out and I was talking to my brother and it was amazing how he actually centered me because uh, what he said to me very early on, even like that, that night and then followed up conversations that we had later on that week were that me better than anybody else can handle this diagnosis given all of my coaching experience. Mm-hmm. And that was the absolute truth. And I did not rely on my executive experience and expertise. I did not rely on my educational background. I ran straight into coaching and coached myself through my own cancer crisis. And what were you originally like envisioning your coaching practice to look like before this cancer diagnosis kind of sent you on another path? Oh, I was coaching both men and women at that time on how to transition from uh, the jobs and works that and work that that was not fulfilling into their soul's occupation, basically mm-hmm. to discover what they are meant to be doing with you know using all of their gifts and talents and to actually go for it. Mm-hmm. And during my cancer journey, uh, it was so helpful that I had this tool set, and I literally coached myself every single day through my journey. And in the, in the midst of it, it was so clear to me that I had to pivot my practice and only work with women with cancer and really use all these amazing coaching tools to help them heal their body and their life while on the cancer journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the reasons why you know we were talking and I thought it'd be so great to have you come on my show is because there's this idea that you know, I'll I'll deal with it later, which often comes up, you know, when there's some sort of physical pain or wanting to build strength or what have you. And yet with a cancer diagnosis, I can only imagine that all of a sudden that idea of time and like not having enough time is like at the top of mind. And so anything you want to do, like must happen right now because it becomes super clear that maybe tomorrow isn't guaranteed. That is so true. I mean, that is absolutely the feeling and thoughts uh, and fears that everybody has. The truth is we, none of us know how long we are going to live, but that's just being extremely highlighted when you're going through cancer. And I would say for listeners you know, of your own show that it's really not that binary way of thinking that our culture is teaching us. Like it's not a yes or a no, it's not all or nothing. We always have to approach the life and our desires with questioning and with curiosity with what what can we do now, today and why? 
and really honor that why. So just because you cannot meet some major goals at a time when you have physical pain or chronic pain or are going through hard time, whether it's a disease or some other life challenges, just because you cannot you know, go and run a marathon or you cannot travel the world as those items may be something that you care about, you can still meet your other goals. So you should not give up on yourself and you should not give up on your dreams. And the interesting thing happens, you know, when, when we honor our own desires, uh, and, and these are not desires that come from ego. So this is not like going shopping, but I'm talking about um, <laughs> desires that we have in, in our higher self, in our inner world. When we honor them, the universe recognizes that. And that intention and an energy really uh, supports then, comes back, you know, boomerangs, and, and it supports our well-being because the universe wants to see more of that. You know, it conspires to say, okay, yeah, you honored your inner self. We want you to do more of that. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting dynamic on how that actually happens. So I would say step away from the binary thinking and explore the vast spectrum of opportunities in between, you know, yes, no answers. The other thing that comes to mind too, because I know you and I both talk about the importance of self-care within our communities. And there's sometimes this idea, especially as women, that like, oh, but you know, I have to take care of everybody else first. Does that change? Or do you see that changing when someone is experiencing a cancer diagnosis? No, actually, that is one big thing that really needs to change. But women are still, even with cancer, struggling and grossly undervaluing putting themselves first. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating. But I find it very interesting that you bring up self-care, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just recorded an episode on self-care from my, my own, my, my Truth and Dare Cancer podcast. And, but it was not the self-care that's currently kind of trending in, on social and TV and magazines. Like right? the bubble bath and the champagne. <laughs> right, right. And nails and whatnot, right? Yeah. Those are short-term fixes. And I'm not going to like put those things down because everybody has to have more fun, right? In mm-hmm. life in general, fun is so important. But I'm talking about inner self-care. You know, when you honor your own inner truth and what does that look like? Well, that's saying no to those things and people and experiences that deep down you actually know are not good for you. And on the flip side, saying yes to all the little and big things you know are good for you and do them even if you don't feel like it. Now that's superb self-care in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's really like, I think for your community, like even if we repeat what I just said in some fashion, I think it will go a long way because the same goes for movement. Mm -hmm. When you know, like innately know that there are certain things that are good for you, even if they feel painful, even if you don't feel like doing them, even if you are looking for excuses, you have to be kind to your inner self, to your higher self and honor and say, yes, I'm going to do this because it's good for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, I always think that it comes back to body, mind, and spirit. And you can't just speak to the physical aspect of things. And oftentimes, if we're focusing purely on the physical stuff, that's you know where it falls short. You know, and it gets us to a place where we're like, oh, it's okay. But really, to like thrive and feel phenomenal and get beyond just being okay, you know, mind and spiritual practices, like they have to be a part of your self-care as well. So it's also, I think too, intention comes back to it. For me, like I love taking baths, but it's not just like, oh my God, bubble bath, self-care, but it's an opportunity to be quiet, to do something. And by quiet, I mean, I'm not talking (laughs) because I like to listen to podcasts or listen to music. You know, that intention behind what you're actually doing is what makes it from a short-term fix like you're talking about to part of an overall strategy and plan that really, truly is deeply nourishing. 
Absolutely, 100%. I mean, the self-care really starts inside. And what practices have you found? Because I do, again, think that women, like, it's so hard to say no. Oh my goodness. I just had to say no this week to something. And the people pleaser in me was so uncomfortable. (laughs) But, you know, staying true to my highest self and what I really need you know, honoring that. Uh, So what have you found to be like helpful first steps for the people pleasers of us in putting ourselves first? Well, to use your example, and I I think this is a great question because as you said, it happens a lot, especially to women. The, the, The first handy tool is what are you saying yes to? So instead of focusing that you are turning away from somebody or something, like you're you're turning them down, we should focus on our why. Like why are we not willing to uh, spend time and energy and resources to that thing or place and person and focus on why? Like why, like what, what are the other reasons that are supporting our answer? Does it make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the opposite is true also. It's like, why am I saying yes to? Like, why am I, am I going to this concert out of inertia? Or am I going to this concert because I really want to go? Because just by going to this concert, I'm saying no to other things. I'm saying maybe no to my sleep. I'm saying no to my rest. I'm saying no to a time with my partner. So why am I, going, why am I saying yes to these other things? So the both formats of the question work. But I like the uh, I, I like this handy tool that I use because you can use it in a split of a second. Like you can use it while making a decision of how to answer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that intention that's so that's so powerful to just like you're saying, like ask why. Which also like when we develop, um, you know, with my community, we develop a wellness plan and call it your Amplify You plan. Um, One of the questions I do ask is like, what brings you joy? Because the things that you like and even just thinking about what the things are that bring you joy, because sometimes we're just so like on autopilot, we don't even know. But that way you already know what you want to turn towards to more and have that intention and have that why. And so, you know, I just think of a story that one of the members shared about getting up and going to like spin. And she's like, you know, it was really early and it was still dark outside, but I remembered that this is something that brings me joy. And so that workout class became not an opportunity for punishment, but for nourishing that part of her spirit that like, you know, moving my body brings me joy. And so that's why I'm doing it. And so having intention and being deliberate with your actions is so important. I think whether or not you have a cancer diagnosis or or anything, I think perhaps with cancer, it becomes even more apparent. But I think all of us can just like step towards being more intentional and deliberate with what we do in order to just like experience life on a whole nother level, you know? Absolutely. And I love what you said about joy. I mean, like just putting that lens on, it's like really just imagining like you take this really beautiful shades and they represent joy to you. And once you start viewing your life and making decisions based on the intention in a direction of joy, your entire life will change. The choices you make, how you experience the choices you made, the next best step after those choices is just a complete shift. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's, and it's really like, like I, I use deliberate a lot also with, with my community of women that I work with. It is about small, deliberate, consistent choices and changes. That's the key. It's not the transformation when it comes to life are all these tiny shifts that really have a compound impact on your life. Mm-hmm. I use this metaphor, you know, let's say you're going from New York to Hawaii, right? And you're, you're planning to fly and you're like looking at the, you know, the flight map. If you shift when you're in New York, if you shift the angle of that flight, and we're assuming a straight line just for the purposes of uh, the point I'm making, mm-hmm. Okay. No winds and curvature of the earth are <laughs> factored in. <laughs> just had to say, my geek and me had to qualify that. <laughs> Not that anybody else was even thinking about it, but I just had to say it. <laughs> 
let's say you the the plane shifts just five percent, like five degrees. I just said, not five percent, five degrees down, like lower than the original line. Just five, five degrees. That's like nothing. That's like a slice. That means really nothing in terms of 360 degrees, right? Right. You are no longer going to Hawaii. Like you're going to Fiji. Yeah. Okay. So when people are always like, well, it's just a little change. I'm I'm not going to do it today. Or Or it doesn't count. It doesn't count. You know, tomorrow, mm, I'm going to skip tomorrow. I'm going to skip next week. When you have that kind of approach and attitude, that's where you will never experience the transformation and the change that you want for your life. Mm-hmm. And being deliberate and being consistent and be the small, 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 tiniest things. If you cannot make 10,000 steps, make like, you know, 5,000, even a thousand. Yeah. 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 You guys do it every day because you're, you're honoring where you want to go, right? In your mind, you're like, I would love to go to Fiji. Like, I really would love, like, that feels good to me. That feels, that's joy, right? Mm-hmm. Just thinking about Fiji. Okay, well, just take one step a day mm-hmm. towards that particular intention, right? Towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about Fiji. Uh, <laughs> what? Hey, Hawaii would not be bad either, right? <laughs> I know, I know. And I'll say, you know, I live on the West Coast, so getting to Hawaii, like, you know, it's not that hard, but it's still, you get on the plane and it's like five hours away. Yeah. <laughs> It's so far. Why did I plan to only come here for the weekend? Don't do that. Don't be like me. Go for a long time. Um, What practices have you found to be, you know, if someone's listening and they're like, okay, I'm kind of doing some stuff, but I really like, I do want to go to Fiji and not Hawaii. Um, What things, what practices, what activities, what focuses do you find to be the most helpful in making, you know, small adjustments for big change? Well, I think regardless of the size of intention or any change that we are trying to institute in our life, whether it's for uh, healing or transitioning, any kind of transition, is learning how to face the fear. Because that fear, that you know, reptilian brain perception, and it's a, it's a perception that it creates for ego because ego is trying to keep you safe, like understanding that really it's the fear is holding you back from whatever you're trying to accomplish, right? So the first step is to not identify with your fear, right? To understand that your fear is not you, okay? And, you know, and, and I can just say, you know, from a cancer experience, so my own cancer journey, I faced some major survival fears like fear of dying, fear of cancer recurrence and other fears. So I designed this really like it's a comprehensive tool, you know, to deal with survival fears. But I can just say it's called fear why action. It's a three-step process. Mm -hmm. And I would say the key is to learn how to take your fear all the way out in your head, like past the point of that perceived danger or threat that is, you know, you're fearing like you'll you'll be a failure or you fear like you will never truly make it like in cancer scenario fear that you're going to die like but imagine all the details beyond just that initial thought like imagine the environment imagine the circumstances the surrounding the people and you know carry it on in your mind and what that's the first step because then your brain will start understanding right your cognitive brain not your reptilian brain will start understanding oh okay this is not actually happening so that's the first step the second step is to ask a question, why is it so bad if this happens? So you ask like all these whys, like, why is it so bad if, you know, if I fail? Like, why, why is it so bad? Like, if I die, what would be so bad about it? And you'll realize that it's not really that action. So in my example, the, why would it be so bad that if I died? Well, I'll, for example, just one example, like I would not be able to see my nieces. That's really the reason. Mm-hmm. That itself is not uh, an issue. And then the third step is to take action that directly correlates with your answers to your why. So in my case, it would be really take action to go and spend time with my nieces. So take action to exactly address the answers to your why. And the minute you take the first action, and even if you don't feel like it, and you know, if you're dealing with pain and sickness, all you want to do is go under the covers and hide. 
I say, don't do that. You, you must take action because that's how you're actually telling your brain that this is not happening, that this is just perceived danger, this fear, not the actual danger. And your body will calm down. Like you said earlier, it's a mind-body-soul connection. And you will shift from that fight and flight response into rest and restore. Everything will just calm down after just taking that one action. And then you can kind of sit from a different perspective. And I'd say another tip, like a pro tip really, is to pay, yeah, the bonus is to pay attention how you motivate yourself. And you alluded to this a, a moment ago, because we live in a society where, you know, we are taught that powering through things is the way to go. That's the MO, where that really leads to burnout. So instead, I'd say you have to know why you're doing whatever action you're taking, like you were saying earlier, be intentional, but know your why so that you can be kind and loving towards yourself. And you can say to yourself, I'm doing this because in the long run, this will make me feel healthier or happier or smarter or whatever the end result that you want to, or or more joyful to to tie to a conversation earlier. And you'll be so glad you did this and have that kind of self-talk versus be harsh and abusive towards self and say, you must do this no matter what, like, because I control you. Like, that, that self-talk doesn't work. So I'm saying, just by, because I'm saying take action, it's also how we take action that matters greatly. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking too about the types of fears, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not you have a cancer diagnosis currently or in the past and, you know, then you totally are on the same page as, you know, with what you're sharing, Sessa. And I'm just thinking, you know, for those of us who haven't, that even with physical pain, there's this fear that, you know, it's never going to go away. Or, you know, maybe it's a fear of like trying something new and it not working or even down to like trying a new workout class and like, well, what if everybody laughs at me? So I think that three step process is so important. And I actually like, I just did something very similar for myself and some thoughts and limiting beliefs that I had around, you know, my business like yesterday. So asking, you know, what am I actually afraid of and what is the worst case scenario and what can I do instead is so much more helpful than doing nothing or sitting and stewing in the fear. Yes. Or forcing yourself to do things that don't make sense to, you know, your, don't, they're not aligned to your why. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, so many people want a recipe. Now let's talk about that because I, I find that in my community. I don't know if you find it with your people, but so many people just want to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the solutions, the, the, the solution to your best life does not exist outside of you. The solution starts with you. I always mm-hmm. say to my community, the, you know, healing is an inside job that starts with you because mm-hmm. you are in the center of all these different tools. You need to consider the tools from your coaches, from your practitioners, from your uh, other peers who are going through the same thing, from your family and friends, because they all want best for you and they all have plenty of advices and tips and what to do and what not to do. But it's up to you to connect to yourself and to go through that uh, deep listening, understand your intentions, understand all of this input from the outside. And for you, and there are tools for that, right? For you to make the next best step, for you to select like what's right for you and explore it and be curious. And once you do that on a consistent basis, that becomes your healing regimen whether it's for your business, whether it's for your chronic pain, whether it's for your cancer, for whatever aspect of life, you create your own journey. Next best step by next best step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, what is, like you're saying, that next best step? Like you don't have to worry about tomorrow or 50 years from now or even like next week. Like what can I do right now? And that's really all, that's all you need to worry about. And don't worry about it either. (laughs) Yes. As long as it's not from an ego's place, that's all you need to know. And that's truly all you can know. 
even if you worry about next five years or next 10 years or next 50 years, and even if you plan everything out to the T, it is not going to be like you planned it today. Mm-mm. No. And it may even hold, hold you back from your best life because then this grid that you created is going to be guiding you versus all of your knowledge and wisdom in, cre- in actually taking that next best step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, trusting yourself. I think we really don't yes. value that enough and the power and, and you know, everything I do when it comes to self-care really truly is about helping me listen to my own intuition and my own needs better, you know? And so I think that too, like that goes back to the intention, like why are you doing what you're doing? And is it helping you to figure out what that next best step should be? Because otherwise it's probably a waste of your time. Yes. I mean, like, you know, women with cancer, I'm going to want to hear this, but it's a fact. Those who master their mindset and believe in the curability of their cancer, meaning they believe in the outcome they desire, are more likely to survive. And too many women are too busy and too afraid to focus on what matters most for their healing. And the first thing is what we talked about earlier. They're grossly undervaluing putting themselves first and stepping into their power and trusting themselves. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for any type of healing, same Mm -hmm. goes for any goals, same goes for any aspirations. Yeah, it's so true. And and then, you know, we as a society, like if your current schedule and routine looks the same way it did last month or last year, no wonder you feel like you're falling apart because you are fulfilling everybody else's agenda. And where are you in all of it? Yeah. I mean, too, just like this idea of healing being an inside job. Like I, someone, uh, I heard it in a lecture or something. And again, that's another thing. I think synchronicity and the universe like keeps popping up that message for me. I'm like, yeah. Um, because <laughs> it, it's so, it's so true. And, you know, anytime I, I just had a conversation, we both know Kim Strobel, she's a happiness coach. And even she was talking about how, you know, your happiness, only 10% is external things. And all of, um, I was just talking about this on Instagram this morning, all the, you know, workout plans and this and that in, in the world, like it doesn't matter unless it's retraining your brain you know, and resetting your mindset and really believing that whatever it is that you desire is possible, whether that's health, whether that's, you know, strength, whether that's overcoming your cancer, like you have to buy in first because the world, the universe could be screaming at you like, here's the answer. But if you don't even think it's possible, you won't see it, you know? So yeah, like, so important. I'm just like, I want to bang on my desk. Like, please listen to what Sessa is saying. It is so, 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 so important. As the saying goes, there is a supply for every demand, but you have to know what you want. Like you have to know, and not from an ego perspective, right? But back to what we talked about in inner self-care, you need to know what your inner truth is and continuously align, 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 edit, edit, edit. As I say, cut, 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 cut. Cut everything and anything that does not serve that inner truth. Now, that doesn't mean being rude. That doesn't mean being selfish. That doesn't mean uh, not honoring other people. You can still be diplomatic. There is a way to handle every situation. And over time, put yourself on a path of self-discovery and self-fulfillment and self-actualization. And if we all do that as human beings, we will have a much better world because there is no soul on this planet. When you dig, when you dig deep down, that does not take consideration and love and kindness for everybody else. So by polishing yourself and by being truthful to who you are and by by acting from that integrity, you're healing yourself. And in return, you're also healing everyone around you. Well, and speaking too of people around you, where does you know, community come into that? Because I know both you and I met through, you know, a mastermind in a community. And that to me was just like invaluable to be around 
other people who are on the same path, who are committed as you are? What role does community play in this personal growth and healing journey? I mean, you could have not asked a better question because it's all about community. And when we say community, we are talking about like-minded women or people, right? Mm -hmm. But in our case, like-minded women who have same aspirations, same desires, are cheering each other and supporting each other, learning side by side. Like there is so much magic and gold in that. That energy and that level of like connectedness and a collective can move mountains. And, you know, while I was on my journey, that, that was like painfully obvious because uh, from a personal experience, when you're going through something so traumatic, you really want to meet at least one person that's going through the exact same thing at the exact same time because nobody else can really relate to what you're going through. So having that, uh, having that community to back you and to just validate and affirm. So validate how you feel and affirm where you want to go is priceless. I mean, that alone can just heal the unit as a whole. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, it's like you, you have that, right? It's like a beehive, if you mm-hmm. would, because it's that intense, right? Like uh, it's a beehive. And then on top of that, you provide like a framework and some guidance and tools but everybody gets to play on their own terms and on their own time, right? And their own creative way with those tools that you provide. I mean, pure magic. Like it's it's like these people, these you know, are not are changed forever. It's one of those moments. Like you know, I always talk about how cancer is one of those situations that creates like before and after because it's in in life because it's so traumatic. And it really cuts your life, just like like a marriage or having a child, like those, those major milestones. Well, cancer experience is one of those as well. Like, just like it's so different than people going to war or experiencing something else traumatic. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, on the positive side, on the flip side of that, belonging to one of these communities creates the same effect. Meaning if you spend six, eight, 10, 12 months in this kind of beehive with these tools, you are changed forever. Like you took the pill, you drank a Kool-Aid, whatever you, know, <laughs> you want to you wanna say or whatever, however you want to describe it, you are forever changed. Like you're, you, you will always think of your life, oh, before I joined, you know, or before I met this amazing woman, I was doing X, Y, Z, but now I'm doing A, B, C. Like it's, it really enables your life to take flight. And what I was going to say too is like humans from the dawn of time, we need community. You know, we are not uh, mountain lions. I don't know about cougars, but I know for a fact mountain lions, they are, they live solitary. Once they're old enough, mom kicks them out and they're on their own. And like, that's not the human experience at all. And it's so easy to, you know, especially when when you're in that fearful space to be like, well, obviously I am the only person who could possibly feel this way with this set of circumstances and I'm all alone. And that's just not true. And putting yourself in a community of like-minded people proves that time and time again. And if there is any like rocket fuel, I guess you could say for the healing process that erasure of isolation, I guess, you know, like not feeling alone will get you there so much faster because then there's someone who gets it, you know? It's so amazing you're talking about that. Yeah. This morning, Mm -hmm. literally after my, I sent out an email, right? I send my emails go out on Wednesdays and Sundays Mm -hmm. and I was writing about loneliness and, you know, because, you know, when you have cancer, you can feel really like lonely, right? And there was this research done that one month of loneliness is equated to smoking 15 cigarettes a day for that month. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's like crazy. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Right? Like that's insane. Just to show, uh, to your point, what level of impact not being in a community uh, has on a person, especially for women, because women are gatherers. You know, from the beginning of time, women were the ones creating and building communities. 
Mm-hmm. And the myth of being a super mom and like the myth of balance, like it doesn't exist. So let's all just like stop pretending it does, you know, and reach out for help and ask for help and find communities that can support us for our goals and our dreams, especially if those goals and dreams like aren't something that your direct circle around you gets, you know, like I love my husband, but he's not, you know, wearing barefoot shoes and, you know, going on a run and sitting on the floor, you know? So it's like having people around you who share those same, I almost want to say quirks in a good way, you know, but like, it's so important to be around other people who like get you. Essential. It's essential for the soul. It's essential for your happiness. And if your goal in your life is to be happy, you have to honor all that you are. You cannot be just picking and choosing like what's socially acceptable that I am and what's not. It's, mm-hmm. You have to honor all that you are. And I mean, one of the best ways is um, to find a community of women and if you're, you know, if you're a man, obviously, of men who are aligned with your gifts and talents and aspirations. And it's like you can be a member of more than one community, obviously. This is not linear, <laughs> uh, but to really create that, you know, day-to-day experience where your needs and your aspirations are met. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, I do want to say this, and, and I did a live on this in my community a couple of months ago. Every single person listening, when they, when we say, especially for women, you need to put yourself first, the money conversation comes up. Well, I can't spend money on myself because I need to spend it on my children or we need X, Y, Z and it's a home and a house and all of it, right? But I'll say, look hard, being an immigrant hustler myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like I have a license to talk about this. (laughs) Call us on our how you spend your money speaks volumes about your intentions, okay? Mm-hmm. So you cannot tell me you want to go and buy a house, but then you buy a designer bag and you are renting a home, okay? There's nothing wrong with renting the home, but you cannot tell me that one of your goals is one thing and then you go off and you do other thing. Right. Or like, oh, but eating healthy is so expensive. Like, you know, buying organic food is just out of control, overpriced. And then you go off and you spend $70 on doing your nails, right? And again, nothing wrong with having pretty nails. It's like, but I'm saying... Choices. Choices that are aligned with your intention, right? Maybe you want to have fabulous nails and you want to look like perfect and pretty and whatnot, whatever the checkboxes you need to check off. That's great. Because if that's your intention, you should put your money towards that intention. But if your intention is to heal, and if your intention is to build a business or your intention is to get rid of chronic pain, you need to align all of your energy and money's energy, including your resources, towards your intention. Whatever your intention may be, like no judgment, zero judgment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just got to commit though. Yeah. Be respectful of yourself because, and your money. Because when you say, I you know, want to eat healthy and then you don't do it, you really disrespect yourself. You disrespect your work or how you earn that money and your soul really starts getting pissed off with you. And your life, it really, it really impacts. And then, and then your soul impacts that negative emotion and then energy gets stuck in your body. And over time, it does form a disease. Let's just be honest. Yeah. So it's a big deal. So uh, aligning everything, like you were saying earlier, intentions are so important, but I'm just saying that does not even exclude finances. Like even how you spend not only your, your time and your energy, right? All of your resources, including money, need to align to your intentions. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're either in or you're out, you know? It's like be committed or not. But a half-assed version of it is not what makes transformation. That's not what literally changes your life. That's not what gets you to where you want to go. You got to be all in. And also, uh, I would say you can take other people's input but it needs to be your decision. 
there is no recipe. Like the, the, <laughs> the solution does not exist outside of you. And I'll, I'll repeat that many times over. The solution is within you. What exists outside of you are like amazing tools and amazing uh, environments as in community that you can be part of. But the choices and solutions and steps are all, they all start with you. Absolutely. Oh, Sessa, so good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. I mean, honestly, like I'm going to go back and re-listen to this and like, you know, write out all my whys and everything because like if you really truly want to live a life with purpose and, you know, have a legacy and set an example for those around you, the best way to do it is by, you know, stepping into your truth, being fully who you are and committing to the journey that you know is on your heart, you know, and to just like go all in. Why, why the heck not? Like what time do you have to waste for that? You know? And it will be the most natural feeling in the world. You know, when we say go all in, it's not from the ego perspective. So it's not like you're pushing yourself to play the game you don't want to play. It's not going all in. It's going home, really, right? Mm. In terms of the energy. Like it, when you say yes to that part of you, it really feels like, you know, riding a bike. You never forget how to ride a bike. It, it will just feel like, wow. It feels peaceful. You feel present. Everything feels real and it feels easy. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're in the flow. Doesn't mean that you're not going to have issues and decision points and things to address, but it will feel that you're honoring something greater than yourself and that just needs to be done, even if it's an issue to be handled or a conversation to be had. Yeah. If you're looking around, you're like, is this really that easy? You're on the right path. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Then you're like, oh, okay. This is what being in the flow means. Yep. Preach it, sister. Yes. I hope that people are still listening. By this time, they're like, who is this person telling us what to do? But it's not. I'm just inviting. And I think it's really important to have these harder conversations, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. uh, because it can have a lasting impact on many people's lives. And sometimes it's not even as easy to verbalize some of these things because, you know, we as women also always are so considerate about other people's feelings and, Mm -hmm. you know, how are things going to be interpreted or misinterpreted or are there going to be judgments and opinions and this and that. But, you know, I left all that behind because I'm here to serve. And as part of my mission, and my purpose of, of enabling women to reach their highest healing potential, I have to speak the truth, even if it's hard. It's too important not to do it. Yep. No, I'm just, I'm so grateful for you and your wisdom and your incredible nerdiness for sharing <laughs> with us today, but also talking about the stuff, you know, you and I have had types of conversations like this before, and this is all like this she is speaking the truth about what this process of personal growth, physical growth, spiritual growth of what it takes and what it looks like. And, you know, as much as the physical stuff is important, and I talk about that, like this is not to be ignored at all. So where can people find you if they want to come hang out with you on the internet? Well, truthanddairycancer.com. My website is always a good start. Uh, podcast is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. A way to hear more of this wisdom, only if it resonates, obviously, um, on Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, and other places. As well as if you are a woman currently going through cancer and you would like to learn how to face the fear of cancer recurrence, that fear why action tool is available on the website. You can get a workbook, you'll get some videos and put it more in a context of the cancer specific journey. Nice. And is that just on your website? And I'll link to it in the show notes too. Yes, it's on the website and definitely we can link it. That would be great. And of course, you know, on uh, Instagram and Facebook, Truth in Their Cancer is the handle. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Sasa, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, share your wisdom with us. I really appreciate it. I am so honored to be here and thank you so much for having me. 
Now, didn't I promise you that that was going to be an amazing conversation? I am so grateful for Sessa and for her being able to sit down and share her wisdom with us. And honestly, her three-step process, that fear why action, is such gold. And I really want you to think about how you can question any fear that comes up over the rest of this week. You know, things like, is this going to last forever? Whatever this tough moment or tough season that you're going through, or am I doing this right? Does this even matter? Because just like Sessa shared with us, the tiniest of things, like it all matters. And that tiny shift could be the difference between you getting to Fiji or Hawaii. But it's also that shift that's going to help you get out of that fight or flight so that you can take action in a way that's truly and deeply nourishing to your body, mind, and spirit. So if that means finding your community or making the mental space so that you can really get into a grounded place so that you can finally foster healing, do it. Whatever you need, take one step towards that new future for yourself today. And Sess and I, we want to know what that first action step will be. So send us a DM or tag us on Instagram and let us know. Or you can even call the Body Nerd Hotline at 818-396-6501. And don't forget, I'm hosting a free challenge, a stress-less challenge. It's happening very soon to help you create routines for managing stress throughout this holiday season and beyond. So if you want to join us, head on over to aewellness.com slash stressless. I'll make sure that's in the show notes and join us. So I'll be going live in the Body Nerd Facebook group each day of the challenge and sharing tips on how you can learn better moderation and stay motivated, keep moving and do all the things that you need to stay nourished and feel more centered throughout the entire winter. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. And one lucky winner is even going to get a gratitude journal and a sleep mask to help you stay super, super committed. So head on over to aewellness.com slash stressless to sign up. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. There's a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline that I can't wait to share with you. And if you subscribe, like you don't even have to remember, just boop, pops up in your podcast app. So easy, right? You can even head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show and leave a review because that actually truly does help other body nerds find the show or just share it with someone who needs to hear today's message. That's also super, super awesome. So here's asking better questions, moving more, being deliberate and intentional, and really, truly getting nerdy. (laughs) I want to thank you so much for helping spread the word that your body is super cool and you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks. And body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.